What's up, everybody? This is Dominic D'Angelo, WrestleZone.com. Today's date is November 22nd, 2021, and it is a very special episode of the MLW Fusion Fight Report, as I have a very special guest in none other than Gnarls Garvin, who will be making his MLW debut tomorrow. It will be at MLW Fusion Alpha, where it took place in Philadelphia. Gnarls, thanks for joining me, brother. Big beef here, huh? Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me. Uh, sorry for all delays. I'm just glad to be here. Listen, I think it builds the anticipation. That's what wrestling is all about is building the anticipation. We kind of did a we did, did a shoot version of building the anticipation. So I'm all right with it. Yeah, me too, <laughs> right. me too. Right? So, okay. I got to I'm going to just going to start off asking you you made your MLW debut in Philadelphia. Uh, was this your first time experience in Philly? Have you been to Philly before? What's the overall Philly vibe for you going on? I've wrestled in Philly before. I've uh, I've been through and I've been around the area probably about 10 times. Uh, so it's not too bad being a kid from Kentucky. Uh, the, I never wrestled in the arena. So that was really, that was really cool. But, uh, to wrestle in Philadelphia proper and to get that, like to get people to hate you, that's pretty cool. So yeah, it was pretty, pretty decent. I've been, I've been in and around the area quite a few times, but, uh, that was probably the, uh, the, the uh, grandest of them all. I tell you what, that 2300 arenas. It's quite the experience being there, whether you're a fan or I'm sure as a wrestler, I could only imagine what that's like with the history that's there. And even though the arena itself has changed in a lot of ways since the ECW days, it's still got, it's still on like Swanson and Rittner and it still has that identity. So, I mean, being in that aspect, were, did you, were you an ECW kid at all? Did you get kind of into that? And if so, who were some of your guys growing up there? Well, I'm, I'm only 26. So like right. I only got, if I got to watch anything, it'd be like the, the t- like the TN, the TNN days. And I didn't even like, I was barely watching like WWE at that point. I like, that was like what? 2099. Yeah. Like, so I was like, mm-hmm. I was like a baby, but like going back and being a wrestling fan, uh, most of my favorite matches is, have happened at ECW. So yeah, like guys like uh, Jerry Lynn, I really loved uh, Taz, RVD, Rave. You could literally quote. You could just say anything. Like you say any name for that roster, and they're just really good. And like, yeah, uh, I was a huge ECW fan, but not in the current time that it was going. Exactly. Still, still am a fan. So right. If there's uh, there's so much to be said for how they portrayed wrestling. Like a lot of it was like cutting edge stuff at that time, and very edgy and stuff like that. And I think what MLW has been doing is it's creating its own identity in the way that there's, um, you know, it's obviously they don't go the extreme route where, you know, they they have some of that stuff, but it's like, it's kind of going the transcendent route of what is old is new again, in a lot of ways. Um, Talk about being in that locker room environment. And uh, yeah, let's start with that. And then I want to get a little bit more insight, how your connection with MLW came to be like in in a roundabout way. Okay. Well, uh, so remind me what the first question was. I'm I'm very very bad. With, like my memory is terrible. So what was the first half? So the first half of the question was, what's the lock? How did you feel about the locker room dynamic being backstage in the East, uh, the 2300 arena, and overall the the major league wrestling vibe just being in the back in the back with everyone and everything like that. I mean, the locker room is full of really good wrestlers. You know, guys that are very respected and that guys that given. You know, have a lot of respect. So it, it was really cool. You know, I, I always kind of do my own thing because I'm 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 really there just to handle business. You know, I have friends, obviously, but uh, you know, my first time in, I wanted to be as professional as possible and you know just check out the landscape and see what's going on. And uh, 
you know, I feel like I, I fit in the equation very well. Yeah. So how would you say from a learning experience, did you kind of gain anything that was kind of like a little bit more of like, uh, you know, maybe how an operation is run like a promotion like this or certain aspects like that, that you found really intriguing that maybe you weren't expecting going into it? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've never really done like a TV style of wrestling product. So it was, you know, it was constantly learning. There's one thing after another, you know, I, I, I didn't stop learning the whole time I was there. And, uh, I, I got to learn from some of the best and the brightest brains in the business. Uh, a lot of the guys that work behind the stage are just magnificent minds. So it was just a weekend full of just being a sponge and just, you know, figuring my place out and, you know, you making my place essentially. So it was, it was, it was awesome. You know, uh, lots of good people back there. There very much is. And I think what you're saying too, in regards to just kind of being a sponge in a lot of ways, it's, it's very true. Like I, I think a lot of, you know, people, whether you're a wrestler or whether you're in, in some sort of career of anything, like just kind of hanging out and observing in a lot of ways, you learn a lot, just being a fly on the wall, basically, and just kind of taking things in. And then, you know, if you have a job to do, you go and do your job, but anything that you gained of just like watching is pretty damn cool itself too. And, uh, so I think that speaks a lot. And yet, like you said, there's a lot of great talents in there. Like, a, like a Davy Richards being back there, or like you have guys like, you know, uh, the champion, like Alexander Hammerstone, um, Savio Vega, like a diverse group of talents back there. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of guys with different styles too. And something that I was very impressed with when watching you, uh, I saw two of your matches with Limitless Wrestling. You fought, um, let me see, Tyree Taylor and uh, Rip Bison. And uh, dude, I, this was like right in the thick of the pandemic, it looked like. So like there was like barely anybody in the crowd. But what you guys were doing in there, uh, for bigger guys, you were hard hitting, but you also like showed a lot of athleticism. Uh, talk about being kind of like a bigger individual in, in wrestling nowadays and, and that's, and going about that style and the, the dynamic of that changing, has that kind of always been something you wanted to do or were you taught maybe, maybe starting off as a big man, but then going into like more of an athletic style or was this just kind of how you wanted to portray yourself? Well, beginning, I, I actually started out kind of as a smaller wrestler. I started in the business at, at 200 and like two pounds oh really okay yeah wow. yeah yeah and i was not really even trying to wrestle like uh like a junior or anything i was just trying to wrestle i just wanted to wrestle i didn't know what i was doing i didn't know the style i was gonna go for as years go on and you know like you find loves and passions and like in inspirations and other things you start to tend to like go towards those and you know my my inspirations early on were all japan and memphis wrestling so uh to, to, I shifted my style towards that. You know, I, I've put on some weight, put on some size. And, you know, to be a big guy in wrestling, you know, this is wrestling, so it involves athletics. You can't just, you know, you can't just go out there and work, like, stay in a hold. Or you can't – you have to keep the fans excited because, you know, like, the way that NBA is, the way football is, the way everything else – like, all sports are fast-paced and short bursts. So you have to keep the fans excited. And to be – a big guy, you have to do things other than just pummel people. You have to show, like, you know, occasional, you know, feats of athleticism. And I, I feel like I bring all that to the table. So, I'm, yeah, it, it's it's good to be a it's good to be a mobile big man. Dude, absolutely. And no joke, like seeing how you did a drop kick, I was like, dude, that's like one of the best drop kicks I've seen today, <laughs> like overall. And um, incorporating that into your style and stuff. Um, it's gotta be pretty rewarding. Cause like you said, 
being in bursts like that and being able to do and pop those that kind of shit out of nowhere, I think it's like it not only uh attractive to the fans, but I bet it's like very engaging and fun to do as a wrestler too coming in. Um, oh yeah, you know, I, I started I started my love for wrestling basically on a trampoline. So to do a drop kick is like my favorite thing. It's like so satisfying to feel that like when you jump up high enough in there to kick somebody in the teeth. Yeah. And then you do a backflip afterwards. There's nothing better. You know, it's like the most, it's like, it's my ultimate. It's like I'm the kid on the playground doing backflips, but I can't really do it. So I'm just kicking people and then flipping out of it and not landing it. But like, I can do a backflip. That's, that's how I feel. It's like every time I get in the ring and do a drop kick, I'm that kid on the playground. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And so you talked about too, and I think this is awesome. Like you being in the Memphis wrestling and all Japan, how did you get into that? Like what, what uh, attracted you? Who introduced you to it? How did that all come to be exactly? Oh, well, I think I, I, I would say honestly, just hearing the history from podcasts and stuff before I started wrestling and like, you know, just really, really trying to be a spot. Like I've been like, I've been, trying to get into wrestling since I was like 17, 18 years old. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like I, I did all my homework. I listened to podcasts, you know, I really, really like, I like, I invested in like learning stuff before I got in this. So like to hear all the stories about Memphis brawls and then like the brawls in all Japan, like the bros or Brody and Sen Hansen, Terry Funk, Tiger, all these, like all these people, like that they like, you know, like you hear about it. So then you go and watch it. So I heard about it from like podcasts and like the guys that trained me and brought me up in the business, like, like the hooligans and Mikey McFinnigan and Zach Sawyers. Like those guys like were like, Hey, watch this stuff, man. Like for your size and your abilities, like this is like stuff that will like really, really work for you. So yeah. Like, you know, guys like that really introduced me to some of the best wrestling I've seen in my life. Dude, I got I bet too seeing guys like a like a Stan Hansen or like a Terry Funk. And dude, like seeing the interaction, like even just like the body language that you can convey in the ring and stuff like that. There's little subtleties that like you don't see from wrestlers, but you have it where it's like like Terry Funk gets those nuts moments where like you're like you look at that guy and like that guy is nuts and he's gonna fucking kill somebody. And like uh there's those moments where I could I see it in those brief two matches too, where it's like you take moments to do that stuff. I think the little details are so important. And um going into that and uh having that be a part of your style, I feel like um that really plays to the MLW vibe in a lot of ways. Um is there certain wrestlers uh obviously you just started there. But and you you've competed with other guys in in MLW at this point. We talked off air a little bit, like you just wrestling Davy Richards and stuff like that. And damn, like those kicks in that match, that sequence was amazing. Um, but uh, talk about who who's really engaging to you as a wrestler that you got to see firsthand while being in Philly. I mean, I want to go straight to the top, so I I, I like to I like to face old Hammerstone. You know, I. I, I got him on my sights, you know. I, I've got I got guys like Jacob Fatu on my sights. I want to go straight to the top, you know. I, I don't want to, I don't want to just go there and be a placeholder. I want to be a big part of what's going on. So, you know, I, I I got my eyes set to the top. I would love to mix it up with anybody. Like you said, I've wrestled Davey. I wrestle him again in MLW for sure. I'll I'll fight anybody. You know, I, I want to fight everybody. So, I don't care if it's in the middle, the bottom, or the top. I'll, I'll be there and I'll be fighting as hard as I can. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. So if you had to explain to somebody like whether they're a new viewer of Major League Wrestling or a new viewer of you, how would you explain uh, yourself uh, as a persona, as a person, as a wrestler uh, to a new fan going into it being like, hey, what are you all about? Like, how would you convey that to somebody immediately 
And what would be their first takeaway, do you think? Well, in all honesty, I just do a lot of things off of Phil and like what I, who and what I am. I try not to like be anything I'm not. I've, mm-hmm. I've, uh, you know, I, I've, I've tried to be characters. I've tried to be this, but I've found the most success just being like me times like 10. But like if it was times 10, I'd probably go to jail. So it's just me. <laughs> uh I, I i'm a very very kind person you know a lot of people a lot of people give me that compliment but i don't i don't mess around when it comes to like competition uh you know i'm, I'm really really you know I, I'm, I'm gunning for the top and everywhere i'm going even if i never get there it's that's my goal so you know i uh yeah i just i i, I don't i don't i don't take no prisoners you know i'm from a trailer park i've grew up extremely poor so i've got a humongous chip on my shoulder and, you know, I, I, I really just want to go out there and uh, put it on people. You know, I want people to feel the things I felt in my life. And uh, the wrestling ring gives me the, uh, the platform to do so. What would you say, like growing up in a trailer park and uh, like having that, that like development go on, what would you say uh, played a big part in your aspect of, of becoming a wrestler and giving you that, um, I guess, drive? To, to do it more you know what i mean where like what was, was there a big motivator like of that that growing up in that lifestyle that really got you going to wrestler and, and got you motivated into going into wrestling well honestly man for me wrestling was like my escape you know i grew up like around drugs and a lot of like stuff that like kids a lot of kids do grow up around so right for me to get away from it i would go to like local wrestling and i would watch wrestling and you know i'd go play wrestling like figure, I go play wrestling next door. I do it with the action figures. I go on the trampoline, like anything and everything wrestling was it for me. So growing up a lot of times, like I'd find myself at OVW and like watching guys like CM Punk and like, and like just any, like I couldn't like, uh, Chet the Jet, uh, like all, just like all kinds of like really good wrestlers. Like, you know, I'd get to go watch them. That'd be like my escape. So, uh, yeah, just, you know, it's always been it's always been there for me you know it's all it's always been like my uh my cake for the fat kid if you if you will right yeah no dude there's so much to be said about that because yeah like i told you too i grew up in like a small town in pennsylvania and there was like there was a lot of drugs and there was a lot of nothing to do in those areas and so yeah like, like be, being poor and that that being like a really really like not like not to say wrestling like targets like different like because they yeah. don't you know they, they really should target like poor people because when the 80s that's what they did and they were like selling tickets for two bucks but they would sell arenas out all over the nation mm-hmm. so i i think that like wrestling like you know it really does like it's like a it's a form of entertainment that like anybody can understand and like honestly like growing up and being like in like a i want to say like a dumber area but like you know like probably not like up it's it's a very less educated area Right. And, you know, like not not so much like like people are very easily entertained and like wrestling is it's that, you know, it's plain and simple. It's people fighting. It's drama. It's so, good like, versus evil. You know, it's exact, just basic storytelling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And like for that to like in it, it was free. It was on it was on t- t- cable. So like, it, I don't know, it, it just grabbed me and I, I've been hooked ever since. And it was, it's always been escape still is. I'm 26 years old and I watch it every single day. 
you can't beat it, man. It's a, it's really neat to be, I think as a wrestler, how exciting is it to be a, a wrestler in the business right now where it's like, not only do you have a promotion like MLW, but you have these options to go and do some indie wrestling, or there's just like the, the aspect of all these other, whether it's WWE, AEW, you name it, like New Japan, like, it's just like all these other promotions going on and sure some are struggling here and there and the pandemic obviously played a factor, but it's gotta be a pretty exciting time to be a wrestler right now. How, how do you feel about that overall, like going into it? I mean, it's, it's great. You know, regardless if like I had MLW or anything like that, I would still be having the time of my life. I, you know, I've wanted to do this since I was, like I said, I, since I can make memories of like anything, <laughs> like it's some of my first memories of my life of wrestling. So yeah, to, to be in it and to be in it at this time, and you know, to be in the spot I am, it's really awesome. And, you know, if I was a kid, I think I'd be very proud of myself and not that that really matters to anybody, but me, but uh, yeah, it, I think I'm who exactly I wanted to be as a kid. And that like, I know it sounds very vain and very like, no man, I'm pompous, but it like, I'm very happy about it. You know, it, like my life is great. Yeah. To, to say that, I think uh, a lot of people should have that mindset. I feel like, and a lot of people don't. And that's the unfortunate thing is like, you know, feeling good about where you're going and where you're headed. I think um, that's a, that's a big thing about being successful and like just having the confidence in yourself and the ability to be like, Hey, you know what? whatever happens, I can persevere through this or like, this is my goal and I have it set and I'm going to make it, you know, if a lot of people go with that mindset, I think that they'd be, it'd be very beneficial to them. So I think it's a good, good way to handle things, man. So absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, like I come from the bottom, nobody's going to believe in like, nobody believes in you at the bottom. So if you, if you don't have any self-belief at all, you ain't going to get out from the bottom. So, you know, we got to be our own cheerleaders sometimes, not, not to toot our own horns, but just to like get us through the day. Right. Yeah. That's it. That's the thing that it, like fake it to your make it basically a lot of the ways it's like, that, that's the story of beef, <laughs> right? <laughs> that's it. That's all you got to do, man. <laughs> okay. So going there to MLW being there in Philly, getting your first experience there. What was something that was very impressive to you as a promotion for it? Like what really stood out to you as how, whether it was like how they executed everything or just in general, what, what really stood out to you? Well, honestly, you know, all the big lights and all the, the, the amazing sound equipment. And, you know, I, I'm, I've been doing the indies for seven years now. So to see that kind of stage and to see the scale of production, everything was actually really cool and something I've never I don't think I've ever really been a part of a promotion that has done something like that. I mean, they had pyro. Yeah. Like, yeah, that is do. crazy. Like, you know, like as, as a little trailer park kid, I wanted to put like axe spray on top of the panels of it, see what how much I can get it, like how 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 much fire could be in that building safely. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how safe it would be, but like, you know, my little mom was tempted to go out there and play with it, but it was just, you know, it was just like nothing else I've seen yet in wrestling. Like I've seen wrestling like that on TV, but never, you know, experienced it as a performer. So it was, it was cool. You know, like there was like 15 cameras all around at all times, you know, it, it was different, you know, but it, it felt like, it felt like what, like I've always envisioned like working for a major you know, a major company would be. So it was, it was really cool. Uh, I, I will say that I can't wait to get back to it because just like it makes it feel even more real. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely does. Once you get that experience of it and me, I like, you know, I I've been behind the scenes at the Philly at the 2300 arena and stuff like that. And just seeing how it all operates, how motivated everybody is, how focused people are and like how into it overall as a, as a, uh, a company, it is. It's like, 
you know, that ship is a tightly run ship and uh, you can see it from a production standpoint, like week in and week out, there's like consistent storytelling, everything. So like you getting in the fold of it, it's gotta be a pretty cool feeling because I, I like I said this on my, my show is like, you're going to fit right in with all these guys. Like in uh, th- that mentality of like, you know, that unique style where it's like, there's that convergence of like the hybrid style, that uh, amateur wrestling background, the luchador style, the strong style. And then like, yeah, the, the, the brawler, big man, whatever, you know, all that comes into play and it's neat to see all these kind of matchups potentially come in place. So um, that's gotta be a pretty fun feeling too, to see all these different styles. Are you headed to the, are you going to be at the, the Mexico shows? I couldn't get my passport in time. No, oh, I won't shoot. be there. Yeah. Dang it. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's what I was wondering how many people would be able to do that with, uh, you know, with whatever it is, passport or, you know, COVID going on. There's all that aspect coming into it. But you're going to be in Dallas, correct? Yes, I'll, I'll be in Dallas a bunch. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. We got a lot going on there. So it'll be awesome. That's going to be a real good time. Von Air Country, man. That'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. Holy shit. Um, Last time I was in Dallas, man, I got I got kicked out of a bar, man. I got like somebody threw a drink in my face. It was terrible. I won't even say what I did for legal reasons. That, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. You know what, though? I mean, like, heck, you know, when you go into that bar, in that bar environment, people get nuts. It gets a little out of hand sometimes. And, you know, it's Dallas, too. Did you like Dallas overall as a city, too, like in being there? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a Kentucky boy. I'm from the South. So, you know, sometimes people think they're more Southern than other people. And I don't care about, you know, I guess being more Southern than anybody else. So, you know. I'll just leave it at that. It was a good time, but uh, can't wait to be back. You know what? <clears throat> I wanted to ask you about this. You made a tweet. Now, I, I don't, I'm paraphrasing it. Let me see if I wrote it down because I wrote it down the other day. I thought I did. But you mentioned something about you might not be the most, what is it, Southern wrestler, but you, you're like the biggest Southern. Can you explain that? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I said that I might not be the best wrestler from the South, but I represent the South better than any other wrestler. Explain that to me. Yeah. Could you convey that a little bit? I was intrigued by that tweet. Yeah. um, You know, first of all, I want to make any, I don't want to, I'm not a racist and it has nothing to do with that. So Southern wrestling is brawls, it's angles, it's picking up the, setting up the next match with your match it's it's all that and it's like you know people want to you know they 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 scoff and they, and then they 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 shit on southern wrestling but man like southern wrestling has had some of the biggest draws and some of the biggest houses in all the history of wrestling mm-hmm. and you know i i have not drawn a freaking dime in this business i've not made anybody money in this business yet but i'm learning how to and you know i i think that the south you know has a bad name because of like the way business has been done notoriously like not paying people good money but a lot of a lot of emotion from the fans and from the wrestlers have like some of the best has been from the south and you know i i feel like i can no matter what good guy or bad guy i can make a crowd scream my name in anger or in adulation you know and that's something that you know like you learn in the south you learn how to wrestle you know you i, I started my career in tennessee basically you know and like those fans don't give a crap about backflips and no, no. fancy, fancy stuff. You had to go out there and make them feel something. So I think I'm one of the better dudes at like feeling a crowd, like not getting a crowd to like, you know, go crazy, but to fill them, you know, make them angry, make, you know, just, I don't know. I feel like not to be cocky, but a lot of dudes don't care about that. They just want to go out there and wrestle. 
Yes. I don't play wrestler. I, I, I am a wrestler. Yes. No, and you, you said, I mean, like, you know, the perfect example is Memphis. Like, there's a reason they call it Memphis Heat. And there's also, like, you look at guys like Stone Cold. Like, he didn't get paid when he was down in Memphis very well. But he looks back on it affectionately and, like, talks about how much experience he got from being under, like, working with Jerry Jarrett and all those guys. And you look at Jeff Jarrett and the, the wisdom he brings. The the crowds that Jerry Lawler would draw with Bill Dundee. Uh, Terry Funk coming in there and everything like that. Uh, Andy Kaufman. They, they were on top of things. And having all that kind of stuff, uh, you know, it really speaks. Southern wrestling's a lot of fun. Like, uh, yeah, and it's 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 a throw it's a throwback to like simple. Like, I'm mm-hmm. a I'm a freak for simpleness. Like anything simple that like I can do, I'm gonna do it because it's easy, it's relatable, and it doesn't get it doesn't go over people's heads. Like you know, like I I don't know. I I just I like you said. It's like some of the best wrestling ever is from the south. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. So that's that's what I meant by that. Like, I, I want to keep that. I want to make wrestling real again. Like, I want people to really believe in what I do because yeah. it's real to me. Everybody says I have like good facials and stuff because I think it's real. I, I'm completely treating it as it's real. And every other wrestler should, too. Hey, you believe in it. The crowd's going to believe in it. And that's where, where the bottom line lies, you know, ultimately, like. The people, the crowd fans, they can see right through phoniness. You know, it's, it's like it's, it'll be a matter of time till people pick up on that. It's they they can sense it from a mile away. And you know, if you believe what's authentic, then it's authentic. You know, because you're bringing the authenticity to it. Yeah, and that style's coming back. People are longing for like realness. So you mm-hmm. see, you see it more and more. A lot more guys are kind of floating towards that style. Get more realistic. You know, it, it's it, people people. People want an alternative and they want something that seems real. So that's what I think the independents are so great. You know, right. We may never make money, but we become people's heroes still same way. I, I would say too, from a, like from an outsider standpoint, doing the independent scene, it has to really like, not that you're getting rejected or to, to any form like that, but like it kind of, I would think it would build like almost like a callus, you know, on how you handle things. Because you're used to working, whether it's like very little crowds for very little money, everything like that, you are getting your licks in early, like on the business. So like being in the ground up and not being like thrown right into the, the mainstream vibe of what, like, whether it's like a WWE or whatever it may be, like you're, you're, you've experienced a lot of like pain, heartache, you know, <laughs> uh, despondency, a lot of that stuff going in. And I'm sure that how, how much has that played into you, like kind of getting ready for being in, in the big scene here in MLW and everything like that? Well, I mean, since since day one, practically, <laughs> I've, I've been on the road three days a weekend. You know, uh, there's been exceptions to that. But, uh, you know, I, I, I put a lot of work in a lot of miles, a lot of brain hours, a lot of, you know, a lot of miles on my body doing this. Uh, there's there's been days where I've worked five matches in West Virginia just to get experience, you know, like uh, you know, I've worked all kinds of wrestlers. I've worked midgets. Uh, oh, I've worked uh sorry, that might be a really offensive. Little people, worked, you're fine. I, I've okay. worked little people. Yeah, you're okay. I've worked women, I've worked m- monsters, I've worked skinny as well. I've worked any and every kind of person there is, you know. So getting to, getting to like get on this platform and do it, you know, I'm ready and like I, I think it's so awesome because like Steve Austin is one of my favorite wrestlers and he got his first major break. I think it was like seven years in and yeah. I'm here, here I am seven years in and I'm, I've got my first, like first break and I'm not, I'm like, I got his mentality, you know, like you, like you give me the opportunity. I'm just going to, 
I'm gonna rise. I'm gonna do great with it. Okay. I, I, I don't. I don't really. I don't really set a bar for myself, you know, because like I only expect to go up, you know. Like I really, 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 you know, I, I, I'm on like a mental roll right now. I'm, I'm really focused. I'm ready to go. Hundred percent, dude. And you look at it too. Look at when Steve Austin became Stone Cold. He was like 36 years old. So it's like that's and that that's what a lot of people consider the prime of people's wrestling careers. So I mean, you being 26, you got time to like not only cultivate that kind of mindset, cultivate a fan base, all that stuff. You got a lot of stuff in your favor um, for sure. Uh, is there there how from an aspect of working from a smart perspective where it's like physically smart, where you're kind of keeping in mind, like protecting yourself in a lot of ways um, and not too, taking too many risks. Do you find a certain balance for yourself there while still being able to entertain the fans in a lot of ways? Well, honestly, that's kind of like a, uh... Beef style is there's it's all risk. It's there's no precaution taken. Uh, as we were talking before the interview, I split my knee open. Like my yeah. knee kept completely open this weekend, and just being an idiot. Like I don't. I I do like I. I will say, there are certain extents I care about my opponent's safety. Sure, but we are wrestling. Mm-hmm. It's a very physical sport, and if I hurt you, get over it. I'm not. I've not broke your bones. I didn't beat you up because it was personal. It's wrestling. Yeah. So, you know, I, I will say beef style is a bit reckless and like to be safe is like, I I don't really pay attention to that stuff out there. It's, it's not like a form or a technique. It's just, you know, go out there and give it my all. And I I do come back a lot of times with a busted nose, you know, like swollen fingers, like busted knuckles. And it's just because I'm out there giving my all. And I like, I, I can't do nothing else but that. You know, do you find a lot of, I mean, I hear it from a lot of guys too. And like, you know, uh, whether I'm interviewing them or just hearing them on like a podcast, whatever it may be, but I hear from a lot of guys, like, you know, they respect that kind of attitude, like in that mentality of like, Hey, you're going in, you're going to hit me hard. That's just part of the game. Like, is that how you, uh, with a lot of your opponents that you go in the ring with or whether the partners or opponents, do you find that that is a lot of the mindset of a lot of people? Uh, what is the mentality of the business like currently with that regard, I guess? Um, it, it really, it just, it, it, it's, it just varies. It's person to person. You know, there's some guys I can go out there and just, I headbutt them in the nose and won't hear a single thing about it. Yeah. But there'll be, there'll be a dude that I catch with like a forearm or like a club or something to the back and they'll complain about the whole night to me, (laughs) you know? And I, I think once the match is over, we, we, it's, you know, Nobody's hurt. Everybody's fine. All right. See you. See you when we drink beers and stuff. If, if we drink beers together, uh, I, you know, I see, I do notice like a lot, a lot of the more professional guys are way more tough and they, you know, they take the licks, but like, I don't know. I mean, I never complain cause I, I like it. You know, I, I like the rowdiness. Sure. Um, but overall, you know, you see a lot more stiffness here lately in the, in the wrestling business. So I think more people are getting over it. But there are still some people that will complain to you. And they I don't think, like it. And you know what? I'm sure that's always been kind of a part of the business to an extent where it's like, yeah, some people can take it, some people can't. And then, you know, to an extent, you know, those people will either wash out or, you know, they'll survive somehow. But, you know, <laughs> it's a moment where it's like, okay, yeah, people can take their licks and stuff and move. It's the wrestling. Yeah, people are going to get hurt. It's not ballet. It's you a know? tough business. Very tough, tough business. business. There Shit, people get hurt very badly in ballet too. They break legs in ballet. So, right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hey. You know, it, 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 
it's rough. I mean, anything physical, I could break my leg going step outside in the morning. There'd be frost on the sidewalk. I could snap my leg right in half. Yep. I could do the same thing in a wrestling ring. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's all physical, you know, but like you said, like, I don't know. We kind of getting off track and stuff. <laughs> I just wish less people complain. Yeah. No, but, I get but, it. I get it. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and well, everything tough is like if life is tough and we complain about it. So I guess I shouldn't really be, you know, dogging on people, but it's, it, I, I just, it's, I'm it's, there's no like real malice, you know, it, no. sorry. Sorry if I hurt you, buddy. Yeah. But, just, but, hey, we're, we're hitting each other to an extent. So it's cause shit's going to happen, <laughs> you know? Yep, exactly. Shit's going to happen. <laughs> All right. Um, you know, so what I wanted to do, was since Thanksgiving is, and you're going to debut on this Thanksgiving episode here. What I want to do is a little rapid fire Thanksgiving questions with you. And okay, so we'll we'll run down here real quick, and we'll see uh, see where where you lay in uh, your form of celebrating Thanksgiving. All right? right, let's go. All right, yes, sir. What is the best side dish? Best side dish, macaroni. Okay, you already answered another question, mate. I that's I will get this out of the way then. It's good. I'll know the answer already, but uh, this was, I thought was going to be my most controversial question. Is mac and cheese a legit Thanksgiving side dish? Yeah. Who said it wasn't? I've heard Send them to me directly. Yeah. (laughs) I've heard differences. So me personally, I like growing up, I never had mac and cheese, but like growing up, like later on, I hear all over the place. People like mac and cheese and have mac and cheese. So yeah. uh, And I'm all for mac and cheese, so I'm not against it. Yeah, no, it that and baked beans are my absolute favorite sides. Like it has baked to be beans. at every Thanksgiving or Christmas. I'll okay. be cool with either, but both are better. All right, all right. What is the worst side dish? Ooh, I've had. I, I'm like, I'm kind of particular when it comes to Thanksgiving food. I like simple foods. Mm-hmm. I've had I've had some weird like casseroles. Sorry, uh, I don't I don't know. I, I'd probably say like asparagus well like that's a good one yeah i don't i just i don't get it a thanksgiving like we're not trying to eat healthy no i tried cooking it up a couple times too and i'm just like eh. you know give me green beans or something <laughs> you know exactly yeah. exactly <laughs> that's all i want um all right how you get your thanksgiving plate laid out do you have your food intentionally separated and segmented or is it all over the place uh, honestly, I like to put my corn, my mac and cheese, and my mashed potatoes all kind of close to each other because they all just end up getting mixed up. Right. So I kind of like, you know, stir those together. Mm-hmm. And then I like to have a roll somewhere close around, like you said, occasional green. Yeah. And then on the on all, all the meats are kind of stacked upon one another. I like to I like to put my turkey on top of everything because I don't really like I don't mind if turkey has like the flavor of everything else on it, but like ham on the bottom it's just like it absorbs all the others and it this ham has so much flavor i don't know it, i think it's just it's not going to mess anything up so so you i always definitely get ham meats. with the turkey too oh i get every meat like wow. i even i even get like i get white meat i get a little bit of dark meat from both like you know i, I you know i don't mess around i like, I like i'm a man i'm a man of many tastes and i like <laughs> all the meats you got to be well-rounded with that okay oh you had to choose though white meat White meat or dark meat? Where are you going? I like white meat. I really do. Mm-hmm. I, I like it. I think it is just, it's, I don't know. It's my preference. 
Yeah. No, I white meat. I'm white meat too. Um, best pie. Ooh, best pie. We have a thing. Well, I mean, it's everywhere, but Derby pie. It's it's pretty good. It's uh, kind of like a, a Kentucky Louisville thing. Okay. Uh, also, is that like hot brown? Is that what that is? Kind of like. No, no, hot brown is like a. Uh, <laughs> it's like a dish. It's like, it's like gravy, bread, tomato, some kind of cheese. I remember uh, having that, and that was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. no, it's nothing like that. It's okay. a, it's like like a lot of pecans, like some like bourbon. It's Ooh. got chocolate chips on it. Yeah, it's really good. I Damn. like a plano pumpkin pie though. Paint pumpkin pie. You can't beat a pumpkin pie either. I, I'm a big apple pie guy. A lot of people think that's kind of generic, but I'm like, yeah, I, I like the apple pie. But hey, the classics are the best. You can't knock a classic, you know? Exactly. <laughs> um let's see. Okay. What is the okay? Uh Thanksgiving's done with over. What is the first, how long did it take you to get in the Christmas mood? If you are a Christmas guy uh, and what movie would you pop in first? Okay. I'm not like, I, I'm not too big on Christmas. I used to be kind of like, I never really had like, we always had Christmas, but it was never like a, Oh shit. Christmas is coming. Yeah, like so much festive, like, kind of that kind of thing. Yeah, right? It was, it was never that way. It was just like maybe have a Christmas tree up and like, <laughs> open the gifts maybe a day before like, right, how the yeah. hell do we put this tree up <laughs> like it was never really like anything special to us like so like my idea of christmas is just like one day of a year just like you know giving to people you love uh i i think the first movie i put on for christmas is uh probably home alone it's a it's a, it's a tested classic Dude, you know you can't beat that that's that's a damn good one <laughs> it, it makes your it makes your soul in the mood for christmas Dude, that baby face turn the old man takes. I mean, one of the best turns in all of Christmas movies, I would say. Like, creepy old guy at first. Then he comes and, like, hits uh, hits the bad guys with the shovel. You can't beat that. Yeah, I, I when I was a kid, I even called that. I knew he was going <laughs> to. I was like, he's not bad. He's <laughs> yeah. not bad. He's just, he's he's just old. Yeah, he's just old. Don't, don't knock him for that. It's like my, it's like Grandpa walks around the house looking all, evil all the time too, and he's not up to nothing bad. Right? There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Sweet. All right. Well, uh, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? You you, you spend it with family? You get you getting that opportunity? What's what's going on there? Yeah, I'm actually just gonna hang around the house with Lady Beef, and we're gonna we're gonna cook up a bunch of food and just you know fatten up for the winter. Uh, get ready for hibernation season, and then. No, uh, but we, yeah, we were, we will be having our own Thanksgiving together and, you know, christening in the apartment. We're moving out come, uh, March next year. So this will be our last uh, Thanksgiving where we've been for a few years. So we're going to make a special for each other. Yeah. Right. Just enjoy it all you can. And then, then like, you know, life goes on kind of thing. That's That's right. That's right. On to the next one. Hell yeah, brother. Cool. Well, um, so yeah, tomorrow, uh, it'll, or Wednesday, I will say, uh, is happening, uh, your first your mlw debut i'm excited to see it man uh philadelphia can't start out a better place i would say so yeah and i, I really hope it happens tomorrow because like i said i don't want to make a fool of both i know us, right but, uh, we, we're yeah. talking about it i'm pretty sure it's happening i think i saw it but if not it's gonna be happening so it will be happening so still tune in uh, tune in nonetheless but, yeah no amazing amazing atmosphere uh good time you know just went in there and absolutely pounded on butt heavy 
had to had to had to make a statement, and I sure did. Uh, you know, I had a good time. So uh, it it regardless, tune in tomorrow to Fusion. Yeah, it'll, it'll be on. Uh, it'll it'll be on the YouTube's, and uh, you get on there and watch it live and see see the Beaster do his thing. See the Beaster do his thing, and Bud Heavy man, he I he's over with that Philly crowd. So you had you had that going against you. <laughs> oh yeah, they they hated my guts because they love Bud so much. <laughs> they love Bud. They love Bud, man. Cool. Anything else you want to plug? Uh, yeah, just check me out on uh, the Twitter at uh, Gnarls Garvin. You can follow me there. You can uh, you can follow me on uh, Instagram at Big F and Beef. Yeah. Uh, you can go. You can go find me on Facebook at Gnarls Garvin. Big Beef is my like page on there, and also you can go to my pro wrestling tees, uh, pro wrestling backslash Big Beef. And that, you, yeah, I mean, you can't really communicate on there, but you could buy a shirt, and that'd be great. Yeah. Tis the season for all that stuff. So, absolutely, there's all kinds of deals going on. Uh, I don't have a code in front of me, which I feel stupid for, but uh, I'm sure if you just check around my Twitter, there'll be codes and everything. So, go find me there for all uh, inquiries and uh, questions. And you know, if you're if you're bored and you just want to see something stupid on the internet, check me out. There you go. And heck, I'll put the code in for the article that we do. So. You'll be good to go. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, guys. This is Dominic D'Angelo, WrestleZone.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Dominic D'Angelo. You can follow WrestleZone on Twitter at WrestleZone.com. And hey, go to WrestleZone.com for all your wrestling news needs. Plus, check out the MLW Fusion Fight Report, where I recap MLW Fusion every week for you guys. So, Narles, thanks for joining me, brother. It's been a good time. I can't wait to see you kick some ass in Dallas as well. So, uh, you know, happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> hey, hell yeah. And thanks for having me. It's yeah. been an honor. 